1: you Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. What a (laughs) hope we have in him that no matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, amen, God does give us the power to overcome. Amen. And I uh, uh, this morning uh, realized that without him uh, I am nothing. Without His gift, I achieve nothing, because this carnal flesh can only go so far, and more often than not, it's going to get you in trouble, amen. But when you have the equalizer in your life, when you have the King of kings and the Lord of lords in your life, amen, He is the one that keeps you uh, in the way that you should go, because we have faith, hope, and we trust in Him. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Praise God. 2 Kings, the seventh chapter, beginning in verse 1. Amen. There comes a time in our life we all look for change. We hunt for it. We wish for it. We hope for it. And we might even see a change happen in somebody else's life. But there comes a time as a child of God that you have to want to be the change. Amen. If I'm ever going to be of any good to somebody else, i got to be the agent of change. i got to be the one that will stand up and say, hey, you know what the Scripture said? Hey, Lord, here I am. Lord, send me. Lord, use me. Amen. Amen. So here in 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, as we start here this morning, the prophet Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel, in the gate of Samaria. Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. That's pretty harsh. In the story here, there in verse 3, there were four leprous men entering the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. They rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots. A noise of horses, even the noise of great hosts. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come unto us. Amen. Fear struck their hearts. Why? Not because of man. They were sitting in the right position. They had the right seed set. Everything was going their way. But all of a sudden, four lepers walk into the story. Hungry, destitute, couldn't be a part of anything. But yet somehow God connects with them in this story and uses their footsteps to create a mass hysteria in the hearts of the Syrians, to where they thought the kings of the Hittites and the Egyptians, the Israels had. Hired them to come and fight them. So they left. Amen. There's something I want to get across to us this morning. You have to have that tenacity in you. No matter what's going on in your life. No matter what you're facing in your life. You have to get to your place in God where you say, you know what, God? Help me to be the one that can change the situation. Not for ourselves but for everybody else around us. may not feel like it because everybody shuns us, but there might come a time that they're going to need your faith in God, your change, your attitude, and then you will be able to minister to them in a way that will change their life. Amen. So let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity today, this moment in time. I pray, God, through your word that you would strike a chord within our heart that would help us, Lord, amen, to make that stand in this last day. Amen. Be determined, Lord, that no matter what's going on in our life, it could be utter chaos. But Lord, our relationship with you in that relationship, we can find that place where we say, you know what, God, Help help me to be somebody that can change the situation. Whatever it is, God, I can't see it with my eye right now. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But Lord, speak a word to my heart. Speak a word to my life that I might be what you will direct me to be, and everybody say in Jesus name, God bless you, turn around and let somebody know you're happy to see him here as you're being seated. See God can do anything. Say that with me. God can do anything, huh. Amen. I like, I like verse 5 and 6 because the lepers made a decision. They made a decision that, hey, we could go to the city here, we're going to die. If the famine's in the city, we're going to die. <clears throat> we could sit here, we're going to die. So let's just take a chance to go into the camp of the Syrians. <clears throat> if they spare us, they spare us. We'll stay alive. We'll be able to eat, hopefully, and all that. But if they kill us, they kill us. We, we just but die. So they had three scenarios that ended. We just might die. But yet they said, let's go. And they arose up in the twilight to go into the camp of Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp, they were gone. Why? Verse 6 explains it. For the Lord. Everybody say, "For for the Lord. For the Lord made the host of Syrians hear the noise of chariots and horses the noise of a great, everybody say host. And they said one to another, hey, they've hired the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the uh, Egyptians, and they're coming against us. At this time, as we read, Elisha was the prophet of the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. Uh, Joram was the king, the king of northern Israel, whose capital was Samaria. Benadad was the king of Syria, the capital of, of the city of Damascus. But yet the timid, soft steps of four leprous men cautiously walking on the path to the Syrian camp was amplified, magnified by God into a roar of chariot wheels and rumblings and swords clanging, horses panting and soldiers shouting and trumpets blasting. And this roar melted the Syrian hearts, amen, with a frightful fear. That they were about ready to undergo a devastating defeat. And no doubt many of them were going to lose their lives. So through the noise of confusion. Went this crackling through the camp. Like a, like a wind swept fire. Here church may, we may seem to be a, a, a ragtag uh, group of weekend warriors so to speak. Hey Amen. We, uh, uh, we come to church every now and then get together. Low budgets, untrained soldiers, amen, probably unpaid leaders, amen, with highly criticized efforts, amen, with a task, everybody say a task, which seems unattainable, amen, unimaginable and unfathomable. We've had those kind of obstacles in our life, but we've got to come to the place to where we can say, look, it all looks like it looks, but with God. But with God, all things are possible. But with God, these were four lepers. They didn't have uh, any hope in life. They were rejected, excuse me, by society. Uh, They were looked at and scorned. Uh, Don't come around us. Uh, You don't have no business around us. You are leprous. But when God takes a situation uh, that looks hopeless, uh, and he sees the heart of these men, God begin to work. And same way in church. Listen, don't, don't worry about what we have or what we don't have. Just worship God. Just raise your voice. Just magnify Him. Just lift Him up. Glorify Him. If you do nothing else, have a voice of praise and worship unto God because God hears the praises and He said He lives in the praises of His people. So when we begin to do that, God begins to amplify our voice and magnify our work and glorify our endeavors. Amen. And work through all of that. Why? Because He does something that you and I could never do. When God is with us, who can be against us? Because God, I believe, still can rectify our failures. I still believe He can mystify our enemies. I still believe He can gratify our labors. Come on, many are waiting for God to move but God is simply saying, don't just sit there, do something. This is where they were at. We can go into the city. We can die. We can sit here and we can die. Well, let's start walking. Let's start walking toward the enemy camp. Let's see what God will do. Amen. Move when God wants you to move. And sometimes move when you're not feeling anything. Down on in verse 16. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. Amen. So now the news has come back. Amen. These four lepers they come out. They're all happy. I wonder how many of them actually stopped by the four lepers and said, thank you. I wonder how many of them stopped by and said, man, I appreciate, uh, amen, what you've done. I appreciate, uh, uh, your, you know, letting us know that they were gone. They, they didn't have to do that. They could have just sat there and, and feasted on their own. But no, even though in their condition, with their problems... They said, no, we need to go back and tell the people, amen, that the Syrians are gone. The food's still here. Some of it might have still been on the fire. Come on, somebody say praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. So the Syrians went out. Now notice what is talking here. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. According to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned on. Remember in the first part of our scripture. To have the change of the gate. And the people trode upon him in the gate and he died. As the man of God had said who spake when the king came down to him. Amen. When God says something, he means it. It's going to come to pass. And it came to pass as the man of God had spoken to the king saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about the same time at the gate of Samaria. And the Lord answered the man of God and said, Now, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eye, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out to him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Let me tell you something right now, church. We got to learn to believe in the awesomeness of God. Don't ever take anything in the Word of God for granted. Don't, when God speaks something, stand on it. Believe in it. Amen. Understand that God speaks for He doesn't speak for nothing, He speaks for a reason, for a purpose. Amen. God's going to bring about something great in our lives when we believe in His Word. Oh, clap your hands and praise Him this morning. Nothing's easy. Have you ever achieved anything in your life easy? Problems are always the doorway to the next level of growth. That's why God allows us to experience them. Well, why would God allow me to go through problems? To toughen you up. Give you a backbone. Come on. How many's ever used the word sometime when you're around somebody and you're working and stuff like that, you know, and you'll say, man, they're soft. They're soft. Well, pastor, what does that mean? That just simply means they don't do a lot of this. They're soft. They're weak. Their muscles weren't built for this. They're used to sitting on the couch. Show me a kid that does this all day. Let me give them a shovel to dig a ditch somewhere. And I promise you, You better take their phone away from them because every whip stitch, this is what they're going to be doing. Here's the deal. I've done things before where I said, man, I'm out of shape. What that tells me is I need to get in shape because if I'm going to do the work that is there, I need to be able to do it. But it takes time for you to get to a place in your physical body to do it. Let me tell you something about the spiritual man. The spiritual man's the same. You cannot be soft in the things of God and expect great victories, uh, amen, in the kingdom of God. you got to grow in it, amen. God, you got to experience some things. You're going to go through some things, uh, amen. That's where you're going to grow your spiritual muscles uh, and the tenacity to be able to look at the enemy from time to time and say, you know what, you've come around before, I whipped you then, I'm going to whip you again. Amen. Folks, I, I don't know about you. I heard this saying and I loved it. I, I, I want to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. I want to be in control of up or down or wherever that. I don't want to be the thermometer that just simply is wherever. Whatever the temperature is, that's where I'm at. I want to be in control of that. I want to be, come on, somebody, I want to be in control. I want to be able to be able to dictate, uh, amen, when it's time for me to move, uh, amen. I'm not going to stay here. If you're going to be dead, be dead if that's what you want to do. If you want to die in that city, that's fine. We can die there too. That's what's going to happen to us. If we sit here, we're going to die. I'm gonna, we decide we're going to move. Why move? Because we're taking a chance that when we get there, they can spare our lives and give us something to eat. Hey, there's no reason to... Uh, 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 Brother uh, Arnold preached a message, and I know I'm going to mess the title of it up, but he, he, t- he talked about dying in, dying in my dilemma. There's no reason for that. Amen. There's no reason for that. Amen. Great, great message uh, if you could go and you can listen to it. But there's a story here in the Bible about David and Goliath. Simple Bible story this morning. But the first words ever spoken by David in the Bible were in 1 Samuel the 17th chapter and verse 26. Hearing, David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, understand this. They've been sitting out there prepared for war for several days. They've been listening to this giant's challenge for several days and here comes along this little young guy sheep uh, herder, a man shepherd, his brothers are there bringing something to him. He hears all the commotion. They're all shaking behind rocks and here his first words out of his mouth is who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies. David shows up discussing God. Here, that's something good for us to get a hold of this morning is to understand that in our life, God, we need to be God-centered. God needs to be in the center of our life. God needs to be in the center of our conversation. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. David shows up discussing God. You see, we have yet to see anyone Any of the soldiers, any of his brothers, not even the king, mentioned God at all. Not in the story. They're they're fearing for their life. Can I tell you something this morning? That you may be the only one in your world who is talking about God. But make it happen. Make it happen. Be a testimony of the saving power of Jesus Christ. Be a walking, living testimony uh, about what God has done uh, in your life. Amen. Don't sit by and die. Don't sit by and and fall into that trap that you're going to always be what you've always uh, been. Uh, Amen. Understand that God can change you, uh, make you something different. When you begin to talk about God, God perks up and He's listening uh, to what you have to say. And so David decides, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, these guys, they, they're, they're kind of off, you know, I don't know what they're talking about here, trying to get some information. So he goes to the king in verse 37. He says, he says, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Yes, yes. You know, he's already kind of set the table here. Yes. Look, I, I know what it is to fight something bigger than me. Yes. Uh, yeah. I know what it is to fight that bear. That lion. I know what it is and I also know who gave me the strength to do it. And God, who gave me the strength, didn't just give me the strength for the bear and the lion. But God will give me the strength for this giant. See, he was connected to God. Amen. So, so David talks to Saul, King Saul. And Saul just simply said to David, go and the Lord be with thee you chicken. You should have went out there on that battlefield with him. But no, he said, you go. And the Lord would bid thee. So he continues the theme with Goliath. He doesn't stop. He started talking about God. He got to the king. He's talking about God. And now he's facing Goliath out there on the field. And what's he doing? In verse 45 of chapter 17 says, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. He doesn't stop there. He said, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee, and I will take thy head off thee, and I will give your carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the earth. And, and, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He said, I'm going to do this for a testimony unto God. You see, that's what it's all about. Everything we do. We're doing it as a testimony unto God. If God heals our body, it's a testimony unto God. If God gives us another job, amen, a better job, it's a testimony unto God. God gives us a good marriage, uh, it's a testimony unto God. Whatever the problem is when God brings, it's a testimony unto God. Don't ever get to that place, well, my God, you know, I've just been through a lot of stuff, you know, whatever like that. You know, know, stop that. Stop that. You need to change that conversation. You need to change that. Whoa, man. You guys got a lot going on in your life. You got, you're got four lepers. What, what's going on with you? You, you have nobody. You, you're, you, you're, you have your community and that's it. Nobody else wants anything to do with you. Hey, man! You're unclean. You, you got to, you know, what, what in the world... What do you what do you think? You know, well, all of a sudden people were starving enough they didn't care. When those when those when those uh, leperous guy come back and say, hey man, there's food in the camp this area. They're all gone. Dude, they're trampling. They're running. They're they they're they're, they're high diving, high fiving, whatever. Amen. They're trying to get over to the food. Why? Amen. Why? Because somebody had a testimony that there was a victory that just just down the just down the pathway here. There's food, more food than you can eat. Uh, amen. The the famine uh, uh, that you've been going through now is over. Come on, think about it. Amen. Let your mouth, no matter what's going on in your life, you may be going through a lot, but stop for a moment and say, you know what? Amen. I might be going through a bit, but there is a God that hears my prayer. And God's going to allow me to be a testimony to somebody about His goodness, His mercy, His love and kindness. Amen. A God that can save us and deliver us. So now he's talking to Goliath he said this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I'm gonna smite you I'm gonna take your head off and I'm gonna feed everybody all your bodies to the car- carcass all your carcasses to the host of the host of the Philistines to the fowls of the air the beast of the field and the earth that they may know that there is a God Amen. Why why do we come to church? Why do we want the power of God to move? Why do we want the glory of God to go? Why do we worship God? Why do we praise God? Amen. No matter how we're feeling, why do we do that? Because we want the power of God. He says, I inhabit the praises of my people. We want him to move in the house. Why? Because we want somebody to recognize that night. There is a God. Come on, shout with me. There is a God. There is a God. Let's do it again. There is a God that loves you. There is a God that cares about you. There is a God that will stand up for you. Amen. David started with God. He talked to Saul about God and he said, look, I'm just going to tell you my pedigree. Here's my pedigree. And it ain't me, it's God. And then he talks to the giant. The big giant in his life. The big, awful, awesome giant in his life. You know, right there. Challenging everybody. And here's this young lad walking out there and say, you know what? I'm done with your garbage. Let me tell you this. God is going to deliver you into my hand. And when he does that, I'm going to take your head off. And then we're going to go after all your brothers out there. And we're going to feed their their carcasses to the birds. They're hungry today. And the beasts of the field, they're hungry today. And we're going to feed them a feast today off of your carcasses. See, no one else discusses God. This David discusses no one else but God. David sees what others don't and refuses to see what others do. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you this right now. When somebody comes... All right, this this is just going to be... I'm chasing a rabbit here. <laughs> when somebody comes in your life and all, all they are is gloom, doom, and 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 negative and, you know, that's all they're speaking into your life? Man, you ought not receive that. You ought not receive that. Why? Because David, he saw what he was looking at was what God was doing, not what man was doing. Right? Because you want to be focused in on what God can do. And not not, not be uh, uh, damaged by all the naysayers and the doomsday talkers about, oh, well, you know, I do, she, do. No, don't entertain that. Don't, don't bring that kind of stuff into your mind. Don't allow your stuff, amen, to, to, to be dragged down because of what others do. It doesn't matter what others do. Hey, look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, I'm an individual that God loves. My relationship with God is based on me, not based on thee. So don't blame other people for your spiritual downfalls. They don't control. You be the thermostat, not the thermometer. You control it. Don't let other people control you up and down, up and down, up and down, the climate of what's going on. No. You be the thermostat and you raise it up. No matter what anybody else does, you control that. And you keep on discussing what God is able to do. Amen. Don't don't look at what others are doing. Look at what God is able to do. Everyone else for 40 days, amen, they, they just on, uh, majored on Goliath. Uh, and what are we going to do? Shaking, hiding behind rocks. And the champion was calling out. Amen. But what does David do? He walks in. Because he has majored on God. And let me say it say it again. If God be for us, who can be against us? David saw more than anyone else that day. You well, well, Pastor, how, how do you know that? Well, let's go back and look at what he said to the giant in verse 45. David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me sword and spear. With all the shield, with the shield, with, uh, and, 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 but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts of God. The God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Armies, plural? I don't know, just let me kind of go the way my brain goes. I can't even, I can't see one, let alone... Multitude of armies, but David saw the host, I believe, the heavenly host standing by the armies, not just the army of Israel, but the host. Come on, amen. Understand this. I, I can see David's brothers, they were all embarrassed. You need to go back home. Come on, you don't need to be out here. You know, here, let me tell you something right now. There was a good chance if David would have packed up and went back home and tell his mom and dad they were all going to be dead or, or at least a great part of them. Maybe even his own brothers. So I hope they had enough sense that after this thing was over and he slew Goliath and now they went and, uh, and, 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 and they fought against and discomfited the, the uh, armies of Philistines. I, I would hope that they would at least come back around sometime and say, hey, David, man, you had it right, dude. Thank you. But why, why, why do I believe maybe? I wish they would have told us. You see Saul's. Saul sigh. Goliath. As he throws back his head in laughter. Just enough to shift his helmet. You know you always see Goliath with that helmet on. And that piece that came down by. To guard his forehead. With his laugh. Exposed that. Just that little that little square inch of flesh. David spots the target, seizes the moment. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you ran towards your challenge? How long has it been since you've become the solution and not the problem? Will Rogers said this, even if you are Even if you are on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. That makes a lot of sense. Even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. It's time to stand up and change. But not just change, be the change. Be the catalyst. Be that one that will step up to the plate and say, you know what? I don't care what anybody else does. I'm willing to walk out in the middle of the valley against the giants of our lives and begin to call on the name of the Lord, letting that enemy know that God is with me. It's not about me. It's about God. But instead of doing that, we we have a tendency to retreat. We retreat into whatever area we were at. Somebody said, not, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. No matter who you are here today, no matter what your, where your spiritual connectivity is, no matter you know if you, uh, if you come to church all the time or you don't, we all have those moments when we need to run toward the challenge in our life. And we need to say, you know what? We're going to change situations. Amen. I know everything that I face is not going to change. But nothing will change if I don't face it. Hear me. Second Samuel 23 and 11, notice. And after him was Shema the son of Ege, the Herite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where it was a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. What? Everybody ran but him. And he stood there in the middle of the lentils and slew the enemy and the Lord, it says, wrought a great victory. It's on the way. It's, it's Him and me. Let me look at it this way. He is my hope. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me. You want to fight the good fight of faith? You need to keep that relationship between you and God on track. You need to stay in that place, uh, amen, to where you are very comfortable with your relationship in God. Why? Because you never know when you're going to have to be on the battlefield. And when you get on that battlefield, uh, you don't want to be searching and groping around for something. uh, And oh, 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 no. It's because of David's relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, It's because of that relationship that he was comfortable with walking into that situation. Because God had never failed him before. You see, he was just a nobody. He was the youngest. While everybody else was enjoying their weekends, he was out tending the sheep. When the prophet Samuel came by looking for the next king, he went through all of his brothers and he said, hey, Jesse, don't you got another one somewhere? Because I'm not feeling it with any of these guys. These aren't the ones. Well, yeah, I've got... David, he's just a shepherd boy out in the backside of the deck. Bring him here. Huh? A lion, a bear, in obscurity. Saving the sheep. Now God said, okay, David, you're ready for prime time. I'm going to bring you out, and I'm going to set you up to be an instrument used by me to show my people that I still have the power. To defeat whatever enemy they face. That's why I say to us this morning church. We got to get to that place. It can't be church. Just church. We can't just come on Sunday morning. And come on Sunday night. And come on Wednesday night. And come on Tuesday night corporate prayer. Or whatever night we end up. No. It can't just be about coming to church. It's got to be about relationship with God. Coming to church. That's the biggest part. It's my relationship with God. I am putting myself in a place to whatever battle I get into, my God will be with me. And if he's with me, who can be against me? But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Acts the 16th chapter. Follow me for just a moment here. You should recognize this story. When her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, These men, bring, being Jews, do exceeding trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Keep them safely. We haven't beat them enough. Keep them safely. And the jailer, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, let me ask you something tonight, today. At midnight, backs bloody, beaten, in stocks. They weren't around going, woe is me. They weren't saying, why me? They were going through. They didn't know what was going to happen. They could have very well been facing death. But men and brethren, let me tell you this. They prayed. They sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Folks, you gotta stop caring what about everybody else thinks. Hello? You gotta stop caring about what everybody else thinks. You gotta stop worrying upon about what he thinks and your relationship with him. Amen. So 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 there they were. There they were. Midnight. what they do? They begin to sing and pray. I don't know what they sang and pray. Probably say, saying something like, Glory to God. But everybody heard him. All the prison, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Let me tell you something right now a relationship with God can move chains, can move physical barriers can open steel doors. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep. Seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword. He was going to kill himself. Supposing the prisoners had fled. He was going to kill himself. Why? Because if he didn't do it, they were going to do it. That brought shame on him. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for light, sprang in, came trembling, fell down Paul Silas, and brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? You never know what kind of circumstance God's going to put you in to get one person. Hear me. You never know what kind of situation you're going to go through. Amen. Just so God could use you to reach somebody. And not just him, but his family, friends. No doubt they carried the scars on their back for the rest of their life. Somebody said, "Man, Paul, Silas, where in the world did you get them scars?" Well, one time we were thrown in prison. Midnight, we. Didn't anything better to do? So we began to sing and praise God, and all of a sudden the house began to rock. The foundation was ripped up, doors opened, chains fell off, and all the prisoners, everybody was free. Amen. You know what? And that could have been the end of the story. And everybody said, "Man, that God, man, he is, he is powerful. He can do that. Cause an earthquake and do all that kind of stuff." But that wasn't the real story. The real story was the jailer coming in and said, "Man." What do I need to do to be saved? Hey, would you come to my house? Would you, we'll tend to your wounds and come and talk to my family. That's, 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 that's the real part of the story that we need to connect to. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the problem. It was the remedy of the problem that in turn reached souls. Well, oh, that's why in 2024, it's more about us. Look around at every empty chair or pew you see here today that signifies a soul somewhere out there that needs direction and guidance. And you and I need to be that agent of change in their life to bring them to that place. And we never understand when that's going to happen. It's time for greatness. Marian Wright Edelman said this, it's time for greatness, not for greed. It's time for I- idealism, not ideology. It's time not just for compassionate words, but compassionate action. One of our presidents wrote this. He was from Georgia. Does anybody know a president from Georgia? Just passed away. I've been to his place. Here, let me me read you something he said that I thought was real powerful. I have one life and one chance to make it count for something. I am free to choose what that something is. And that something I've chosen is my faith. Now, my faith goes beyond theology and religion and requires Considerable work and effort. My faith demands, this is not optional. My faith demands that I do whatever I can, wherever I am, whenever I can, for as long as I can, with whatever I have to try to make a difference. When we connect to our faith in Him, He wants to bring us to that place. Where we can help others. Most of you didn't know this. Jimmy Carter taught Sunday school class for years after he's president. No matter what your political persuasion is here today, you've got to realize the man had affinity and a love for God. Right? Years he did that. Because he had settled it, my faith is my guiding force. You may say, well, that doesn't mean much to me. Well, let me tell you this. There's something that will move you. There's this young man. He was sentenced to death when he was sixteen years old for murder he did not he did not uh, commit. He was on death row for five years, spending twenty three days, twenty three hours a day in his cell. Sharif cousin said at sixteen, You don't think about fighting for your life especially for a crime you didn't commit. I thought about how I would never get a chance to graduate from high school. I contemplated suicide a few times. I prayed a lot. I cried a lot and I studied a lot. I always had a desire for education. My lawyers sent me English, math and science books. I received my GED and then started college correspondence courses all at my lawyer's expense. Once you accept that you are going to die you learn to find the little things That you can enjoy in each moment. For me it was education. I started helping other inmates with their cases. I never judged people. Or their situations. I just wanted to help people. Because someone helped me. Some guys in prison. I would would tell me man you're wasting your time. That dude doesn't appreciate what you're doing for him. But I was like. It's not whether he appreciates it. It's about me. I feel good helping him. People helping me steered my path. Had people not helped me, I'd probably be executed or still on death row. And since my release, I've started work on at the Southern Center for Human Rights. I am now a program organizer for the Center's Fairness for Prisoners Families Program. I want to be a trial attorney. I'll be going to Morehouse College in fall, working full time. I do volunteer services, too, at a place that provides food and clothes for the homeless people. Being on death row makes you face the fact that When we die, we all want to know that we've made some sort of contribution to society. However small it may be, and your small bit of help may be be large to someone else. What's small to us might make a world of difference to someone else. It's a great little story. 16, facing execution for a crime that he didn't commit. But yet he began, and he had other people that deposited things into his life. And in turn, he took all that, and until they got it all worked out, he kept working, he kept doing, he kept helping, he kept fighting, he kept believing. And then after he got out, he wasn't bitter, he wasn't angry, he just took that to the next step, the next level. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you're going through today. God has a next step for you. There's another another staircase you need to climb. There's another level you need to get to. Amen. But that's where we have to put ourselves in a place. To where we let all of this stuff down here fall by the wayside. Lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. Because if you're ever going to run this race and finish it. It's going to come down to the point. It's going to be between you and him. Not anybody else. Not that situation or that or something else. No. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I challenge you today as we stand together. Be of good courage. Because he is with us. He is the same yesterday, today. And forever He is that which was, is is to come, He is the Almighty. He is the one that is waiting at an altar of repentance. So when you repent of your sin, he will forgive you. See it's his blood, elder that his blood, the Bible, his blood that covers. A multitude of sins that's what your relationship with him is all about so I open these altars this morning if you want to come and pray please come and find a place to pray amen but come with that commitment in your heart God let me be a, let me be a, a, a voice of change Lord God let, let me affect change in my family in my workplace amen in my church God help me be what you want me to be Lord Jesus Help me to keep my eyes on you, not on on everybody else, but Lord, help me keep my eyes on you. What you desire of me, not what man does. God, help me, Lord Jesus. Help me to be that thermostat, not that thermometer. God, we control our lives through you. Minister to us, Lord God. Let's sing something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church, would you help us pray all over the place today? I know it's a cold Sunday morning. I know it's cold, but you know what? Make your prayer hot today. Let's break through the atmosphere and just talk to the Lord. Come on, just just raise your hands. That's it, all over the place. Raise your voices. Hallelujah, Lord. You are strength, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Minister to us, Lord God. Minister to us, Lord God, I pray. Touch our hearts, oh God. Speak this, oh Lord God, I pray. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. That's it, hallelujah. Lord. Oh never be
0: to cry. There is no unfortunate
1: That's it. Come on, slip up and pray for somebody that God would be with them and help them. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord.
2: Jesus, hand clap of praise, amen, hallelujah, what a message for pastor this morning. Thank you, pastor, for that great word from God, hallelujah. Come on, if you can have the attitude of David, the Lord's only going to take you to higher places, amen, hallelujah. Thank you, pastor, for that word, hallelujah. Your attitude's going to determine how far you go in 2024, amen i say let's go in 2024 hallelujah service tonight 6:30. hallelujah come back tonight you can be prayed up and we're gonna believe god for a great move tonight hallelujah let's pray as we are dismissed jesus we thank you this morning god we thank you for your power that's in this place god we thank you for the word from pastor god hallelujah help us god to have the attitude of david god Hallelujah, to be men and women after your heart, God. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus, God. We thank you, God, for what you've done in this place this morning. We thank you for the hearts, God, that you're transforming in this place. God, help us when we come back tonight, God, that there would be an expectancy of your miracles, God, signs, wonders, and power in this place, apostolic authority in this place. God, tonight, Jesus, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name.